0: Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to today's program. We're going to talk about how to turn those wounds into wisdom. And let me define wound. I'm not necessarily talking on the physical body, although we do have some stories of that. Jeremiah Jennings, I was recently on the program and he was hedge trimming the bushes and he chopped off a few fingers. So uh, there can be some uh, wisdom learned in those lessons, but I'm talking about those wounds on the emotions in business when we make a decision and afterwards we realize it was the wrong decision and we're like, ouch, that hurts. There is a consequence that I'm suffering through right now uh, because of my own self-inflicted wound from a poor decision uh, that I made. And so the goal is to not repeat those same mistakes. There's actually an interesting thing that dogs will do I've watched this happen. Uh, this was probably eight or nine years old. We had this dog. This is absolutely disgusting. If you're enjoying your delicious lunch right now, well, let me just give you a warning. The dog would throw up. Okay, no big deal. You know, well, the big deal was then my dog would walk up to the vomit, sniff it, and then start licking it and eating it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the most disgusting thing I ever saw. I remember I was like, that ain't right. And I'm like yelling at the dog, you know, trying to get him away. Like, don't do that. Well, it happened again. It was a pattern. The dog would return to its vomit and I don't understand it, but a correlation in business is if you make a mistake, it's, it's kind of like vomiting. It's kind of like, wow, I really messed up that situation or scenario. And so in today's program, I want to talk about, well, how do we not repeat those mistakes again and again. And perhaps you can even learn from my wounds. So you don't even have to go there and make those decisions. But as we say on the show, that my ceiling and the guests that we bring on this program, that our ceiling can be your floor, can be uh, your launching pad. So I want to share a story of a situation that definitely uh, wounded me, frustrated me as one of those times where I was sitting in the aftermath of a poor, uh, well, a series of poor decisions that I made. And I learned a valuable lesson in it. And so long story short, I started my business. Uh, this is 2011. I was broke, busted, and disgusted, just trying to get some money together to pay the $928 mortgage. I remember to the dollar amount <laughs> what that uh, was, payment was, because that was a lot of money when I was coming out of college, used to making, you know, eight, nine bucks at the dining hall. was a a big amount that that was another mistake I made. I should have never bit off more than I could chew, but nevertheless I did. So now I'm trying to scrape together that money to make that payment. Plus the other uh, bills to survive life for this youngster fresh out of uh, graduating college. And so I started a lawn care business. I was cutting that grass and making that cash, but what I lacked was the experience The knowledge of actual understanding turf and the best proper way to take care of God's creation. And I didn't have the best equipment or setup. Actually, all I had was for about a month and a half, was a 1997 Honda Accord. I was renting it from a a family friend. Uh, I was for $150 a month payment on that. And then in the garage of, I was actually the $928 mortgage wasn't my payment. It was my friend's payment. He moved out West for a year to work on his music career and asked me if I could live in his house for a year and pay him 928 bucks a month for rent, which would pay his mortgage. And um, I would mow the grass at his house for free. Uh, but he's like, yeah, just, you know, mow once a week or whatever. So he lived in HOA thing. So you don't get a fine and you can just use our mower in the garage. And so I didn't ask him, can I use your mower to cut the other yards in the neighborhood? I just started using it. And this thing was not uh, self-propelled and it was not that great of a mower at all, uh, but it's what I had, so. And it folded up so I could put it in the trunk of the 97 Honda Accord and just zip around the neighborhood and mow. And thankfully, it was actually a miracle in hindsight. My friend had a landscaping business years prior, actually a pretty good landscaping business, and he had actually opened up a nursery And this was his first year with the nursery open. And it was such a whirlwind of transitioning from his landscaping business and throughout the winter months, getting ready to um, take over this nursery. It was already a well-established nursery in Atlanta and uh, my friend took it over. And so he was just working long hours on this nursery and he never had time to successfully sell off all of his lawn care equipment. And so as I started my business... I called him one day and I was like, hey, I'm doing this. Can you give me some help? And he's like, Well, what you using? And I was like, Well, I got this mower. <laughs> he's just laughing. He's like, That thing's that ain't gonna cut it. No pun intended. And um, he's like, he's like, you can use my mower. So he had a 36-inch mower, 48-inch uh walk behind, you know, professional mower. I was like, I don't know how to use those things. Like I it was intimidating to me, you know, to to stand on the Velky and to use that mower. I didn't know how to use them. Number one. Number two, I didn't have a truck. Or a trailer to haul them. So I was like, well, I appreciate the offer, but all I have is a ninety seven hundred core. So I don't even know how to use those mowers and I don't even know how to haul them. He was like, Well, at least you can do is come over and you know, use my blower. He had a handheld uh blower and then he had a weed eater and blade edger and all that stuff. He's like, just use whatever you want, man. He was so busy. He's like, I just I don't have time to talk, man. Just come pick it up, use it. It was it was real like just fend for yourself kind of deal. But I have a, a storage full of um Equipment. He's like, you can help yourself to it. So that was a really big blessing. So I drove over there and I picked up the weed eater. I didn't even know how to put the string on the weed eater. I didn't know how to put take the blade off the edger and put a new blade on. I had to learn all this stuff. Like, and YouTube wasn't even, I mean, YouTube was out back then, but I didn't even think of, well, oh, let me watch a YouTube video. I was just kind of like figuring it out. I <laughs> just, you know, uh, if you ever like, break something and just like, well, I got to figure out a way to fix this. That's kind of how it was like, well, there's got to be a way to do this. And I eventually just kind of taught myself, honestly. And uh, so anyway, I picked up the blade edger, picked up the weed eater, picked up the little handheld blower, and um, that's what would fit in my 97 Honda Accord. So I would just start cutting grass in the neighborhood. Well, as I'm doing that, what happened was, and I realize this now, but back then I didn't realize folks need more. They have more problems than just the grass growing. They got weeds in the bed. So they need the weeds pulled and they need mulch or pine straw down like the neighborhood requires it. Otherwise you get a fine and they need their gutters cleaned, right? They need all kinds of things around the house um, that, that need done. And so as I was mowing, and i was getting better and better at it with each time i'd mow I, i'd learn how to do a perimeter around the yard and then how to stripe it nice and then i i got better at edging i mean it's really simple to put the blade edger on the concrete along the driveway and the sidewalk and to the little walk path to the front door and that was easy and i figured if i if i had my blade a new blade on there every day like a real you know brand new thick blade that I could make that look really nice. And then I figured out, it took me some practice, but as I flipped the weed eater over, I figured out how to make a nice edge along my soft edges along the garden bed. And then I, I you know, I got better using the weed eater to finesse around the mailbox and things like that. Now I got actually really, it was like art to me. I got really good at doing the lawn maintenance in a pretty short amount of time. So I, and I you know, I learned how to change the lawnmower blade. So I, I knew that if I had a sharp blade, even though this mower was raggedy, if it had a sharp blade, it would still look pretty nice. And uh, eventually that mower broke. And so I, um, I, I, bought a new one off of Craigslist and that one was self-propelled. So, but anyway, I was good eventually at doing a lawn maintenance. I could make the grass look nice. I, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd take my time and go around the, you know, perimeter once and then I'd stripe it one way. And the next week I'd go the other way and just, it looked nice. I was meticulous with the edging and I did a good job at that. But then I was getting asked to do all this other stuff I didn't know how to do. And what I would say was, yes, yes, yes. I was driven by that $928 that I had to get to my friend you to do on the first of the month. And I, I need to make sure I paid him. Right. And in addition to all of that, I had all these other bills, right? I had to buy the mower off of Craigslist. I had you know, gas to put in the the Honda Accord. I had to pay $150 a month for the car payment, which was astronomical at the time to me. So anyway, I say all that to just paint the picture that I was a rookie. Okay. I was learning on the fly and I'm getting this business off the ground running, but I'm I'm still struggling financially. And so I took a job at uh, the evenings and on the weekends at a restaurant. And uh, it was, it was Carabas Italian Grill. They had uh, really, really, really good food, let me tell you. And um, so anyways, I'd, I'd work there a lot, you know, pretty much every evening. I'd get done lawn mowing. I'd go get a shower and then I'd, you know, go and, and serve them pasta wheezy's, right? <laughs> Chicken Alfredo, All right. And, uh, oh, man, I got to stop thinking about all that food, man. I'm trying to keep my flat abs. But anyway, I'm working my, my butt off. Lawn care during the day carabas in the evenings and here's where the wound came and uh, coming up after we hear from today's show sponsor i'm going to tell you crazy story and what i learned from it we'll be right back L'Entrepreneur Academy
1: Live 2021 is going to be the biggest and best one yet. And we want to see you Saturday, November 13th in Novi, Michigan. Join hundreds of entrepreneurs just like yourself who are looking to crush it in their business and make 2022 the most profitable year ever. This year's speakers are a who's who of the industry Greg Whitstock, Corey Ballard, Keith Kalfas, Mark Parker, Caleb and Brittany Allman, Haver Pete, Brian and Liz Fullerton, and Jeff Joyner entrepreneur academy live 2021 is a powerful and inspiring all-day conference designed to help you take your business to the next level and it's brought to you by XMark, red max sure track trailers and yard book if you make it to town friday november the 12th you're invited to hang out network and have a blast at the full throttle adrenaline park brought to you by toro's horizon 360 come ride endless laps on the high-powered go-karts play virtual reality games and win great prizes excited about bringing your spouse to the event? Discounted spouse tickets are available. Excited about bringing your whole crew? Group discounts of four or more also available. Do whatever you have to do to make it to Launchpreneur Academy Live 2021, and grab your tickets before they're sold out. Tickets will go fast, so if you'd like to get more information, visit us at launchpreneuracademy.com or use the link in the show description and follow along with the hashtag LAL 2021. Ready to relax after a hard day's work and find that your bookkeeping demands your time? Truth be told, you can't give it your full energy or focus. It just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you. It's costing you good decision-making and your peace of mind. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping provides a bookkeeping solution to landscapers that is guaranteed to give you back your time and your peace of mind. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute call. Don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished. Let us take care of your green so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. You've heard Caleb and Brittany Allman talking about the Hardscape Academy, but have you checked it out for yourself? TheHardscapeAcademy.com is the place to get the skills and training you and your crew need to excel as a professional hardscaper. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. You'll have access to online video training courses, in-person apprenticeships, comprehensive guides, and customizable business forms plus there are two free courses which cover everything slab from initial planning to final installation and again those are absolutely free if you're serious about mastering your skills abilities efficiency and bottom line the hardscapeacademy.com is for you and that link is in today's show notes
0: Alrighty. So before I started my lawn care business, I didn't realize it, but I was trained mentally that if I worked, let's say for an hour and I was getting eight or nine dollars at the dining hall, that the reward would be that eight or nine dollars. Or maybe you had a higher paying job, you're, you know, working for $20 an hour. You go to work. Even if you don't like the job, even if you'd rather be doing something else, if you do what, you know, show up on time, do what you're asked to do, and you you work then you get your salary or your hourly rate, you get paid. So there's this uh, mental thought that I had. Well, if I work, I get paid. But (laughs) if you own a business, there's actually many scenarios where you can work. You can put in the hour or two taking care of someone's property. And at the end of the day or the end result, you actually lose money. So it was actually in vain. And that happened to me time and time again. I'm going to share an example of the story and then what I learned from that. And it was frustrating to know I could have stayed at home, played NCAA college football and financially been in a better spot than actually going out and working hard, sweating to ultimately lose money. So here's the story. And then I'll share the takeaway uh, from the story. I was working at the restaurant at Carrabba's. And so word had spread that Paul's out there cutting that grass and making that cash uh, during the day. I remember one day I came in, I did a mulch job all day and my fingernails, uh, I wore gloves, but somehow still my fingernails were all dirty uh, from the mulch job. And, and the manager was furious. He's like, what in the world, Paul, what were you doing all day? I was, like, I was putting out mulch. And he's like, you can't be pouring a, you know, $56 uh, bottle of wine. And and it's all about the presentation, right? You know, people that markup on this wine, y'all, they'd, you know, buy it for like 12 bucks and sell it for 56 or whatever the case was. But part of that was the presentation. You know, we sit there and we take the corkscrew thing. We pop the wine thing off. And then we poured in the glass all perfect. And here, here I am with my raggedy fingernails. So they're like, you got to go get a manicure. I was like, manicure. So I go into the manicure place, you know, and I got to get, I was like, Hey, get all this dirt off my fingernails. And, uh, anyway, <laughs> that's not the story. The story was they found out I do lawn care. So I, you know, there, a lot of folks were like, Oh man, ask me questions about it or whatever. And then the owner of the restaurant, he found out. And, uh, he pulled me aside one day. He's like, Hey Paul, but we were in a drought. So he's like, I'm not allowed to burn my burn pile because of this drought, you know? And I was like, yeah, I understand. He's like, well, can you come pick it up and haul it away, f- uh, haul it away for me? Cause it's the pile is getting too big and the kids want to play in the backyard and all that stuff. And we got this big pile of twigs and junk. And, um, is that something you can do? And I was like, absolutely. Well, I was trying to think, how much do I charge him? And eventually I pulled a number out of thin air of $300. So I was like, I'll do it for $300. I didn't really know how I'd do it. Um, at, at the time I had uh, upgraded, I got a truck and, uh, but I was like, it's going to be a lot, man. Uh, cause he's making it sound like the piles Mount Everest. And so I'm talking to my friend that worked at the restaurant about it. And he's like, I'll tell you what, he's like, you pay me half, you pay me $150, And, um, he's like, I got a van and uh we'll load it we can put it in the trash bags and put it in my van put it in your truck maybe we can get everything in one load and he's like i got a, a place where i live where we can just dump the trash bags into this big trash can so we'll have no dumping fee we'll both make 150 bucks and i was like all right we both have to be at work that evening by 4 so we're like all right why don't we start you know to crack it on we asked the guy can we like come early in the morning yeah whatever you know so we show up he's still sleeping it's like 702 a.m. and uh we got our plan. We're going to pick up the uh, twigs, put them in the bags and then take them off and and maybe even get it all in one load. That'd be $150 for both of us. All right. So we're going and we're cleaning everything up. It's like 10 AM and the owner of the restaurant wakes up and he comes out. He's like, you know, talking about the Braves Hey, the Braves won last night. You know, he's in a good mood and you guys need anything. Just let me know. I'm going to go watch the, he he loved baseball. I'm going to go watch the, whatever that show is on ESPN where they talk about who won the baseball game the day before, whatever. And um, we're, we're cranking it out. I mean, we're loading these twigs up in these big heavy duty trash bags, you know, condensing them into my truck and into his van. And uh, the owner comes back out and uh, he says Hey, you know why you guys are here? Cause we, I, I brought the little blower. He's like, Hey, why you guys are here? And uh, he's like, you mind uh, getting up on the roof real quick and just blowing out the gutter real quick? Uh, You know, makes it sound like no big deal, right? <laughs> That's how they always do. Just it'll be real easy. You got that? Cause we had a little handheld blower. Just just walk and blow them out. Cause you know the leaves from the tree would fall into the gutters. I usually have a guy come do it, but uh, I'll give you I'll give you twenty five extra bucks, whatever it was, twenty extra bucks each if you just do that. No big deal, you know, making it sound super easy. And uh, he had a ladder. He's I got a ladder right here. You know, easy peasy, piece of cake. And um you know, me and my friend are kind of looking at each other. We both kind of have that feeling like, you know, I don't want to go up there. You want to go up there? I don't want to go up there. (laughs) And uh, so anyway, we we kind of collectively, you know, kind of, you know, like, all right, sure, no problem. Not that we wanted to do it. So then me and my friend are talking. I was like, I I don't want to go up there. He's like, I don't want to go up there either. (laughs) And so uh, he's like, I'll tell you what. He's like, because we both wanted to get done, get home, get showered you know, get, get a bite to eat before we have to go into the restaurant at night. And, uh, he's like, you hold the ladder, you know, I'll walk up there and then you walk up the, the blower and hand it to me. So I was like, all right, deal. Put the ladder up on the house. And, uh, my buddy walks up, he's up on the roof now. Now I'm doing the dangerous part. I'm walking up the ladder with the handheld blower. And, uh, you know, eventually I get to the top, I hand it off to him. We're good. And, uh, he goes across the roof to the front of the house, and he's blowing all the leaves out of the uh, gutter, cruising right along. Well, the neighbor drives by in this Escalade, brand new Escalade, and she sees him standing up there on the roof, blowing out the gutter. And she pulls into the driveway, and she uh, gets out. It's like a movie. She is an attractive lady. She gets out of this brand new Escalade, and it's like in slow motion, you know. She gets out. And I'm like what's going on over here? And she's like, Hey, are you the owner of the company? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, Hey, I live right here. She'll like, across the street to the left. She's like, that's my house right there. And, um, she's like, can you guys come blow our, our gutters? And she's like, we have that big tree, you know, gigantic tree right in the front yard. She's like, and it drops all the leaves in the gutters. And, uh, do you mind, uh, you know, she's talking to me about cleaning her gutters. Well, She's like, how much will it be? And she's like, I got to go to the grocery store. I'll just leave you a check. You know, all that stuff. Like just uh, she's ready to cut me a check, like on the spot uh, for us to go clean her gutters next. And so my mind's racing because I'm thinking we both have to be at work at four. This lady's about to open up her checkbook and write me a check. I know my buddy needs money. I need money. And I'm thinking we could probably pull this off and like, we probably go- walk across the street use the ladder, you know, from our uh, the owner restaurant, blow her gutters. We're going to make 150 bucks. Plus we're making extra 20 bucks for this gutter job each or 25. Forget what it was. And then she's going to pass. And we could, we could be netting over $200 before we even go to the restaurant job. So I'm, I'm, tr- my mind's racing, like what to pay her and everything. And as I'm talking to her, I hear, about every cuss word you can imagine in Spanish. <laughs> and my name's Paul, but uh, the my friend's Spanish. He's like, Paul, Paul. I mean, he's just screaming my name intermixed with cuss words. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting there talking to the lady and I said, Hey, I'll be right back. And she's like, her eyes were getting all big. I'm like what's going on? You know? So I walk around the the corner and I I, I walked to the backyard and I turn the corner and I see the owner of the restaurant, his face is like red and veins are like popping out. And now he starts cussing every word in the book. The ladder had fallen off the roof and it gone into the house. So half of it's hanging out this window that was absolutely shattered. It was a big old glorious sunroom and the ladder, I can see it. It's just hanging into the house. It's like, in, you know, it's in the kitchen <laughs> and, and, the other half of the ladder is one of those big, tall ladders. And uh, not like an A-frame, but one of the ones that are just, you know, a uh, straight shot. And now my friend's stuck on the roof. The, wa- the ladder's in the house, and the owner of the restaurant is cussing me out. And, there, and um, there's this huge rain cloud uh, off, and it's coming, in, it's coming into town. But you can see it. It looks scary, you know, scary storms coming in. And he chewed me out like you'd never believe. You better... Fix this, blah, 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 blah. The guy's real good at cussing. And um, Carmel, you know, he's up on the roof. Well, I'm sitting there, I'm frozen, I'm paralyzed. I'm just like, what's happening? <laughs> and the lady comes walking in through the gate because I forgot all about her. She comes walking in the gate and she looks and you know, the neighbor's faces or the owner of the restaurant's face is all red. And the guy's up on the roof and the ladders through the house, there's glass everywhere. And, and she makes eye contact with me. And she's like, on second thought, um, she's like, I'm going to pass. on. <laughs> I got a <her> cleaning. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know if I said anything. I was, I was like frozen. I'm just standing there. And I was like, I think I might've like waved at her. And she like real slowly walks away. And, The owner of the restaurant, I think was embarrassed because his, his language and he's I'll catch up with you later, Susie, or whatever name was. And she gets in her fancy brand new Escalade and drives across the street to her house. And then, you know, the owner of the restaurant just let me have it. And I was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll get it fixed. And so I, you know, gently like walking on glass, pulling the ladder out of the house, glasses everywhere. And, um, then i put the ladder back onto the house you know connected to the house and my friend comes off the roof i don't know what to do i was like you know how to fix a window he's like nope he's like do you i was like not really i was like i probably figure it out but um I, was, I i remembered that one of my neighbors was like a you know handyman guy so i call him and uh he, he this guy I call him a neighbor I don't call him a friend or an acquaintance a just kind of interesting fella I call him he's like it'll be two hundred and forty nine bucks just for me to show up and then we'll assess the damage and then you got to give me fifty percent deposit in addition to the two forty nine to you know go get the materials and we'll get the materials and then before we leave the property you pay us the other fifty percent and he was he was just kind of the guy was just <laughs> not the most, uh, uh, how do I say this? I- interesting fellow. So I'm I'm in an emergency, right? So the guy's got me over to barrel, and I was like, okay, I was like, can you come do it right now? It's about to pour down rain. We're trying to figure out how to like put, you know, we don't know what to do. Can you just like come now? Thankfully, lived real close, and he's like, you got the two forty nine, dude, and I was like, yes, come on. So he comes over, I give him $249 check. And he looks at everything. I don't even remember what the price was. I, I literally was like in a, a paralyzed mode. I just kind of like shut down. And so I give him another check for the 50% or whatever it was. He goes, I think to Home Depot or wherever, and he bought the window and everything. He did all the measurements and he comes out and thankfully, thankfully, somehow, I don't know how this storm diverted its path and it didn't rain into the guy's house while the window was shattered so we're sitting there we clean up all the glass and whatever and the guy puts the window in and I pay him I mean I paid him a lot of money probably close to a grand I don't I don't remember and so we pay him the we clean up all the glass we finish the twigs and get all that taken care of and uh the owner of the restaurant still paid us our 300 bucks or whatever. But then by the time I paid for the the window repair, I had lost hundreds and hundreds of dollars on the day. And then of course I go home, shower, you know, get to the restaurant, you know, with a minute to spare and I get in there and they just let me have it. The, the, the coworker, Hey Paul, you want to come clean my gutters tomorrow? And you, you just, you, you, <laughs> you imagine the jokes that I, I got hit with all night And, you know, now I'm working at the restaurant all night just to try to dig myself out of this hole. And so that's where the wound was developed, that I had worked all day and I lost money. I hurt my reputation. That was the last time the owner of the restaurant ever he was talking all this stuff before we broke the window. He was asking me all about, you know, the weeds in his front yard. And if we would give him a quote on, on weekly maintenance, and I had all this future work lined up for him. He had a nice neighborhood too. You know, that could have led to his neighbors obviously already starting to ask me for work. I could have, you know, got a little route density in a really nice neighborhood blown opportunity. And it wounded me. So what did I learn from this experience? And I actually wrote about this in my third book. It's not out yet at the time we're doing this podcast, but it should be out in January of 2022. And so there you go. There's a little nugget. I think that's the first time I announced that. And hopefully I shared that story in the book. Hopefully it will make it past Mr. Producer's proofreading. And editing and all of that. But it is in the preliminary rough draft. I share that story in the the lesson and the takeaway from the wound where it turned into the wisdom of having a clear plan of what services we offer. And that eliminates the services then that we obviously don't offer. So gutter cleaning is not my forte. It's not my passion to climb up on someone's roof. It could be slick up there. Uh, My friend Mickey fell off the roof one day and landed in the bush. Thankfully, he's still alive, but, you know, roughed himself up pretty bad there falling off the roof. And I just, it's this work that I don't enjoy doing. Can you make money gutter cleaning? Absolutely. Can you make big money um, being the trash man or woman? Absolutely. I don't want to smell that all day. You ever been on the driving down the road? Little side story here. And you you get behind the trash truck and just like, oh, it smells. You had your windows down, enjoying a beautiful day. You know, here in Georgia in the fall, it's just awesome to drive uh, with the windows down. And, you know, when it's like low seventies or upper sixties and just that crisp fullness. I'm making no worries, Mr. Producer. But then you hit, get hit with the odor and you're like, oh man, you put the windows up and the odor gets trapped in the car. It's like, oh man, but those guys make good money and gals, they make big money uh, doing that trash business. You can make money doing gutter cleaning. Here's my point. I didn't have a plan of what services I offer and what services I don't. And what I should have done in hindsight, this is the wisdom. I was good at mowing. I was good at edging around the flower beds with the weed eater, making a real crisp edge. And I was good at um, edging just along the driveway and the concrete you know, sidewalk out by the street and around the walkway to the front door. I could make a property look very pristine and nice with a sharp mower blade, fresh mower blade, and just being careful, meticulous. That was my wheelhouse. Now I could have gotten better and better faster, shall I say, with even better equipment and got that fine-tuned, but I could turn a profit doing a lawn maintenance, even though it took me a while to figure out that my prices were still too low. That was my wheelhouse. Now, gutter cleaning was not my wheelhouse. Okay. I didn't even have a ladder of that, of that size. And I certainly didn't have any desire to be climbing up on the roof. And so here's the wisdom. Once you Identify what services you actually enjoy doing. You don't want to be doing work just because you want the money, but you actually enjoy doing. And I like cutting the grass and I like putting in sod. And I, there's, there's aspects, there's components of tending to God's creation that I actually like to finish the work and to stand back, and you just like, that looks good. It's satisfying. When you charge the right price and you do it in an efficient way, that's satisfying. And you mix those ingredients to profitably working and doing something you enjoy. That's winning. What's not winning is just grinding to do something that you don't enjoy doing. Now, I don't want to get on a side tangent. Sometimes in life, we have to do that for a short season while we're cleaning up debt or saving for something. And it's okay for a time in a season where you just have to kind of take the work that maybe you don't it's not your biggest passion. If you have an angle in mind where you're going to eventually pivot out of that. Anyway, gutter cleaning was something that I should have never got involved with. I'm not saying you don't need to get involved with it, but for me, just because I don't like being up on the roof, I should have not gotten involved with that. So we could have gotten paid the $300 for the day of, of hauling the trash away. And we would actually have been done before noon and gone home. He could have spent time with his family. My friend worked with, you know, I could have maybe gone big down to their job or got a shower and, and you know, ha- had a little relaxation before working that night. Could have been a good day. All I needed to do when the customer said, hey, real quick, can you hop on the roof? It, you know, makes it sound like it's a piece of cake, walk in the park, right? I'll throw you a little extra 20, 25 bucks. You know, I should have said, Hey, I'm, you know, either, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, my insurance actually doesn't cover us to be up on the roof. And I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm going to have to pass on that. He would actually respect me for, for drawing the boundary. And we have to realize there's close to 8 billion people on this planet. We can't solve everyone's problems. Now, it's good in business to have that mindset. I'm going to be bringing a solution to your problem. But we need to know where to draw the line because we can't solve Every single problem. Jason Crail's been on the show before and talked about how customers asked him to come in the house and hang up a picture. I had customers multiple times ask me, "Hey, can you help me move this?" or "Hey, can you help? Can you give my husband a hand to help him move this?" and you know all these things. We need to know what's our what's our offerings. What solution do we want to bring? Is it mowing the grass? Is it putting in mulch? Is it trimming trees? And then building the right equipment and team and technologies and softwares and efficiencies to do that service and do it well and then rinse and repeat. And it takes a lot of wisdom. This is what I didn't have back then to say this word. No, 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 nada. Nope. No, thank you. No, 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 no. I say this on the show a lot, but maybe you're a first time listener When you know what you're saying yes to, and that's clearly defined, then you will have a backbone fortitude and mix that with professionalism and gentleness and wisdom, but you'll be able to draw boundaries and say, no, we were pushovers that day. Me and my friend dangling 20 bucks in front of our face and a slight bit of manipulation from being our, our, our boss you know, in another setting. So we're, we're used to taking orders. If the boss says, Hey, tuck in your shirt or, Hey, you know, he tell me sometimes, Hey, go get a haircut, Jameson. You know, <laughs> I, I I had a lot more hair back in the day. <laughs> I like to kind of grow it out. Well, hey, Jameson, go get a haircut. Right. Yes, sir. Now I do it the next morning, but so I, you know, there was a little of that element into it where it's like, it was a little awkward to to say no to the boss, but this was a different setting. and And I had the Opportunity to kindly inform him, we're not going to clean your gutters. Or if we were going to do it, and if I did have the insurance and all that, then the $20 tip is a joke to say, hey, I'll tell you what, our minimum uh, to do gutter cleaning is $150. Just be firm on that. And I'll tell you what, um, because uh, of time, we'd have to schedule that for later in the week or next week or even give a higher price than $150 and then see what, how bad he really wants those gutter cleans, right? So anyway, this is part one of Wounds into Wisdom. And I have so many of these stories, unfortunately, but I want to share them because perhaps my wound and the wisdom I learned from it can kind of be, my ceiling can be your floor. You don't have to repeat these mistakes. You can clearly identify what work do you enjoy doing, how can you build the proper team, efficiencies, equipment, softwares, technologies, knowledge? How can you invest your time to fine tune your sweet spots and crush it in those services and then say no to the things that are outside of that or have subcontractors. I could have, you know, told him about my friend Mickey and said, "Hey, I'll tell you what, I don't have insurance to be up on your roof, but I have a friend Mickey" you got her cleans all day long. You know, I'll give him your information. He'd be happy to take care of you. Simple as that. And I do recommend giving recommendations. Um, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day, but guys, we do a show every single day. So we'll have these conversations. Uh, I have all of these show ideas I want to do in the future. And that's another one about subcontractors and referrals and that whole, uh, navigating all of that. So anyway, we'll pause here for this episode. And, um, I'll share more and more of these, uh, in the days and weeks, months ahead. I got a lot more of wounds that turned into wisdom. And with the help of God, I'll, I'll add that uh, huge ingredient into the equation where I had to humble myself and, and, and pray and say, God, help me. I clearly am making bad decisions here. I need some wisdom. I need some help. And, um, that's a, that's a fun prayer to get answered because the Lord will help us. Then he'll give us insight and he'll give us wisdom. So I wrote all about this, guys. Uh, I have a third book coming out in January, but my first two books, Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, I shared this storyline of how I started my business and the hiccups along the way and what I learned from those missteps and mistakes that's in the book, Cut That Grass, Make That Cash. It's available on Amazon, paperback. You can listen to audiobook on Audible, iTunes. And then the second book is Best business practices for landscapers and this looks at those commonalities, traits, habits, attributes of folks who are winning in business, the Andy molders of the world, the troy clogs and my takeaways from what I observe from what they're doing well. and I hope these resources can benefit you to have our ceilings be your launching pad, your floor, uh, to help you take your business to the next level, so Mr. Producer will put some links in the show notes uh, to those books, and I think they'll add a lot of value and a little entertainment as well uh, to your day. Especially the audiobook format, I I got to mix in you know emotion and personality as I read the audiobook, and uh, that's a lot of fun um, experience doing that. So those links to those um, books and audiobooks will be in today's show notes. Hopefully, uh, you can take a listen or, or grab a, a copy of the book and uh, find that um, as a value add to your business moving forward. Thanks for listening to today's show. And uh, we hope to catch you on a future episode of the Green Tree Podcast. And thanks for reminding Mister producer. And uh, for the sake of time, we'll punt this to uh, future episodes. We've been getting a lot of ratings and reviews, guys, on the podcast and books. And so we have not, uh, we've noticed that And I know we haven't been reading those off lately, so we're going to get back into that habit and uh, we'll read some of those ratings and reviews here on future shows. So thanks to everyone who's been uh, leaving those. We really appreciate them and we'll definitely acknowledge you and thank you uh, in a future episode. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back soon. Smash that follow and hope to catch you on the next episode of the Green Entry Podcast.